And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network, presented by the NBA. That's game, baby. I'm G. Skeets, rolling with my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. And finally, the man making the magic happen. It's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. No tasks, of course. He said, if you're not talking about cars on this one, I want nothing to do with it. So we don't have tasks. That's okay. Yeah, we're talking a little hoops here. We're getting close to the start of the NBA season. We'll put the uh, fast friends and all that car talk to the side because you guys know, and most of our listeners and watchers know, NBA is going to be celebrating its 75th anniversary this upcoming season by commemorating it as NBA 75 and naming a list of the league's 75 greatest players. The NBA says a panel of media, current and former players, coaches, general managers, team executives, they're going to select the club, and it will be announced soon, in October, (laughs) okay? And will likely be celebrated uh, during the 2022 All-Star Game in Cleveland, seeing as the Forest City also hosted the NBA All-Star Weekend in 1997 when the league celebrated its 50th anniversary season. So, when we first learned of this news, one thing, if you guys remember, we debated was how the NBA was going to approach this. Would they just add 25 new names to the existing top 50 list, or... Would they just start from scratch, so to speak, and come up with an entirely new list of 75? I remember us debating it a little bit, and I was like, there's no way they're just going to take the top 50 list, rip it up, and then pick like a new 75 with, of course, a lot of names that were on the top 50 list. But I was like, that seems weird. But that's what they're doing. (laughs) That's right. By all reports, that's what's going on. They're not just going to add 25 to it. They're... So people are getting bumped from this, Lily. Like, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, Paul Azarin fans that are pissed <laughs> off. Or I don't know, somebody that's... Uh, Where's Hal Greer? That's yeah. the thing. Like, if you were good enough 25 years ago and now you're not even good enough for the top 75, people are going to be offended by that. Yeah. Because, because that like, you won't necessarily be in the top 75 at all then. Maybe. Some guys will be cut. Yeah. Which, in this Twitter world, is that really what the NBA wants? I mean, they got away with it in 97 because Twitter didn't exist now. <laughs> You're going to see people saying, LeBron, James, what? 
He's lost the final six times. He's not in the top 25. And then you're going to have people who are just going to point out that one guy like Al Horford. Al Horford, one of the most consistent players of all time. He deserves to be there. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be chaos. But you know what? That's great for us podcasters, isn't it? This is what we love. This gets everyone going. We can pump about 10 shows out of this. (laughs) That's true. I I will say I was shocked that they went with this sort of uh, plan, like just to rip up the top 50 and just do a fresh 75. But it actually, the more I think about it, Trey, it actually makes a lot of sense in the Twitter world with maybe a younger audience fan base. They would probably prefer us to have us debating, you know, uh, 50 guys from the last 25 years uh, that are like sort of on the fringe and maybe make it, maybe don't. Then, let's be honest, a bunch of guys from the 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s with some of the younger audience that nobody even really knows all that much. Like, there are some legends that people, of course, know, but there are some names on the original list where you're like, even me, a sicko. It's like, what? well, what what did he really do? You know, because it was so long ago. So this sort of makes sense. Oh, Dolph Shays is on yeah. the list? I don't yeah. think so. What are we supposed to do, though, Skeets? Be comparing Dolph Shays to Steph Curry? Doesn't make sense. Right. This is for the new generation. That original 50 greatest players list, that's already in the Hall of Fame. You're already one of the 50th grade, 50 greatest You don't have to send back your leather jacket. You get to keep that thing Mm. forever. So, yeah, this is 100% for the new generation because, like you're saying, the older generation, they had their chance to argue about this back in 1997. I'm sure there were people who were upset that Dominique Wilkins and Bob McAdoo didn't make the list. Mm -hmm. They had their time to argue about it, and now we're getting our chance to argue about it again. Well, you brought up the uh, leather jackets. Let's slip in this question we got from uh, at Capicoro, who's always sending in uh, great questions. He said... You know, you said the jackets for the NBA's 50th anniversary. They made those cool leather jackets. So which piece of clothing should the NBA make to commemorate the diamond anniversary? He throws out possibly ninja style headbands, uh, <laughs> nice velvety track suits. Uh, what you got there? Again, that's from at Capicoro. That's a, a good question. Lee, did anything come to mind here? Uh, or do you just... Stick with what worked. You know, the jackets were fine. It, it sucked that some of the guys had been playing in the All-Star yeah. game and had to put on a, a leather that's, jacket sweating it up. But what do you think? Yeah, well, that's it. I'm fine with some version of a jacket, just not at the halftime mark of, of a game where people are just sweaty and they put that on. And it's kind of gross to put something so heavy and so, you know, like that, that, the, the moisture is just going to stick to that. It's going to stink afterwards as well. Sure. So why don't we just do it either on the Friday before the All-Star Weekend, even the Saturday night, where people can come out dressed as they choose to be dressed in their own style, and then they get presented kind of like a green jacket at the Masters. Okay, this is your this is your thing here, and you can actually wear this and feel that it's not going to be something that's kind of gross to put on and then even grosser to take off later on. So okay. I think okay. that's probably where they should go. That, that, they should start there anyway. Trey, what do you think? Is something come to mind? Well, it's the diamond anniversary. They got to do something with diamonds. My first thought is that it should be rings, but I don't know if that kind of complicates things with, you know, championship rings. The next logical suggestion for something diamond-based would be, like, an iced-out chain. You know, like, Adam Silver is Jay-Z or Dame Dash giving Kanye West the Rockefeller chain. You know, that'd be pretty cool. Like, a diamond-encrusted 75. I could see something along those lines. But more than likely, it's going to be something classy like... I don't know, a blazer with that 75 patch on it or something like that. Cause the jackets, the leather jackets are funny. And it's pretty funny that for 25 years, they get, they get brought up, you know, everybody yeah. still remembers these guys wearing leather jackets, sweating it up at halftime of the all-star break. So my guess is that 
similar to how draft fashion has progressed to the point where nobody's doing anything super crazy, they're probably going to go with something that looks nice. Unfortunately yeah. for us. Yeah, the cool thing about the jackets was the uh, the nice little touch of having like the color of their prominent team. Like I guess I forget if it was sort of on the on the shoulders or at least on the arms. You know, green for Celtics guys and and red for the Bulls, like Jordan and stuff like that. I liked that. I li- I hope there is that a little bit of that where you can like whatever this item is that they get, be it ninja style headbands or jackets. Uh, like there's a little distinction between sort of like. You know, maybe the franchise that you're predominantly linked with. You know what I mean? And JD, anything else that you'd like to see? Uh, I think they should do a a retro piece of clothing 25 years ago. So I'm thinking, like, didn't Michael Jordan wear like a beret at one point? Oh, like, for oh did he? So. <laughs> Absolutely. So what about berets? You know, like. Uh, <laughs> A nice, uh, you know, the, the way the green berets wear them, you know, with the sort okay. of, you know, they're it's like almost militaristic, and they could uh, still have the color swatch for the teams and okay. stuff, or or a, even a Kangol hat style with the, you know, <laughs> the Samuel Jackson style, yeah, right. and uh, diamond studded or something like that. I don't okay. know. Okay, uh, Look. I'm a hat guy, so there you go. I guess so. Lots of possibilities. That's a fun question for everybody. Uh, let us know in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Uh, if you had to switch it up from the leather jackets, what would you like to see them do to commemorate this top 75 list? I would say, looking back at the 50 greatest players in NBA history, uh, again, named in, in 96, like that 96-97 season, pretty good. Like, there are some, like, of course, old-timers that we joked about that you're like, I don't know anything about him. But overall, it's obviously littered with, like, legends. And then even at the time, you know, you had 11 of the top 50 were still active. And that'll be fascinating to me when we when they do their official top 75. How many active players will be a part of that group? Because it's not like, just so everybody knows listening, it's not like they're taking the top 50, like, okay, Bill Russell and Kareem and Oscar Robertson and Jerry West, and like now there's no way they're on the top 75. Like, they're still in play. Like, they're very mm-hmm. likely they're going to be on both lists. And then you'll have a bunch of new names, of course, and some might get dropped. But of the 11... Of those fi- of the fifty, excuse me, of the eleven that were still active, it was Barkley, Drexler, Patrick Ewing, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. who was just twenty four years old, uh, by far the youngest selection at the time. They nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stern had a crystal ball. He saw it. He's like, we're we're okay taking Shaq on this list. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon, Robert Parrish, who was forty three, he was active still somehow. Scottie Pippen, David Robinson, and John Stockton. I mean. I basically named the dream team, yeah. <laughs> like for, for the most part. Uh, <laughs> no, so Leitner, yeah. Leitner didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, he might make but, it. I time. mean, it is impressive. Eleven active players, yeah. and every single one that they named ended up going to the Hall of Fame. So when you're adding right active players to this 75 list, you better be pretty confident they're getting into the Hall of Fame at the end of their career, which I assume will be the case for all these guys you're going to pick. Though I bet there will be some uh, bubble boys who are oh, yeah. interesting, interesting cases for sure. Yeah, um, you're spot on there. Like, all 11 of those guys that I just named, like, they're all going to be on the top 75 list. Like, that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Robert Parrish, I guess? 
Lee, I, I yeah, he he. What he ended up with of, like, of those eleven, I think maybe he's yeah. the most likely. Than <laughs> I, I, I think I think though he was a part of the '86 Celtics, which is some considered the greatest team yes. of all time. He won a championship. He won, I think, at least two there with the Celtics. He, I know he picked up one with the Bulls, where he was uh, end of the bench guy. But it's going to be tough because Chief is well respected. He's well loved, certainly by Celtics fans. He's got those accolades where he was an important part of. Again, one of the greatest teams of all time. Certainly one of the great eras there in the 80s there for the Celtics. So was he sexy enough? Was he dominant enough? I mean, probably not. But again, it's a Celtic. It's a legend. I mean, I, but, but honestly, you can make this case about whoever is going to get cut off. If they, weren't, if they were good enough in 1997, now you're saying, sorry, you're just not good enough anymore. That, that's just going to be insulting, I think. I know. I agree with you. That's why I... I my I, gut says a lot of the guys that were on the top 50 list are going to be still on this top 75 list. Yeah. I can't and imagine a handful be maybe don't make it. Yeah. Three or four just don't make it because if you're slashing, you know, 15 or something, it's just going to be chaos. It really is. So. <laughs> but that's what we want, actually, don't yeah. we? We want, we, want, we want the NBA to just say, yeah, I don't know what we were thinking back there. That guy's no good anymore. <laughs> you, just, you just made me realize we should have, uh, that should have been this podcast. Yeah. We just take that top 50 list. Take out our red marker and just start <laughs> editing, scratching. Nope. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, See you later. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe for the future here. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds the- like we got a February podcast in the bank oh, yeah. already, Skeets. Yeah. yeah, you're right. We got to put that in our Slack channel so we don't forget. Um, there were, though, I, I said they did a pretty good job, and I, and I truly believe that. Of course, there were some notable omissions. Uh, I think Trey already slipped in two of them. Dominique Wilkins and Bob McAdoo are the ones that everyone's like... <laughs> In fact, I think when you were doing like your automatic 12 when this news first broke uh, a couple of months ago, Lee, you assumed both those guys were on the top 50 list because I know we got into that. And they weren't. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Neek will be in this top 75. You can lock it in. Uh, Bob McAdoo, I, I, I sort of think so too. Maybe some other names that might be in the mix. Bob Lanier, Adrian Dantley, Bernard King, Alex English. I'll stop there. But the point of that is for the sake of us going over... 25 new absolute locks to make the NBA's 75 greatest players in history list. I'm just going to like take them out of the equation, okay? I think Neek will be there. I think at least one of the Bobs will be there. And and maybe one of those scores, like I said, like a King or an English or something like that. But for again, this podcast, we're just gonna we're gonna take them out of uh, consideration and uh, yeah, and go the, from there. The only, the only thing I'll push back on that is with Neek is is he didn't really do anything after that. You know, so if he wasn't good enough back then... Well, but he was the most glaring omission. I know, I know. I'm just... I mean, I don't. we don't need to get into, hey, let's make a strong <laughs> counterpoint for every guy. But I'm just saying, like, it wasn't though Nick then went on to have great no, success. He was right. basically at the end of his career. And so if they didn't think he was good enough then, and when you look at that position that he played, and the guys, you know, again, without the playoff success, I agree, I think he does make it. I think mm-hmm. they do put Nick in. But I'm just like... Man, he's he's going to be on the uh, he's going to be one of the late last inclusions. I think. I don't okay. think he walks in there, but we'll see. Uh, Trey, just quickly, what do you think? Uh, would you lock it in that Neek will be on the NBA 75 list? Uh, I would. The guy's got a statue here in Atlanta, and I think that the best player for every franchise in the NBA should have their best player on the top 75 list. I think that's a good place to start. So, Dominique Wilkins, the greatest hawk of all time. I guess there are people that are probably making the argument for Bob Pettit. Uh, You know, his name shows up every once in a while. Shout out to the Giannis performance, uh, only topped by uh, 
uh, Bob Pettit back in the day, but I think Dominique Wilkins yeah. will 100% be in. Yeah, I think so too. But again, we'll, we'll take him out of the... Uh, out of the mix here, and we get into these 25 locks uh, that I'm going to present to you guys, and we'll debate them, and of course, you know we're going to get to snubs. And I actually oh. did it like this. Oh, there's so <laughs> what, many. No, what about a round of what about this guy? That could be a whole podcast uh, itself. <laughs> I mean, we'll name every guy that's ever the played next in 75. the NBA. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're not doing the entire 75, uh, at least on this one. We, I, I think that's just a little too much. So we are going to do just... 25 absolute locks that'll be in there. And I broke it into four distinct categories, okay? I went with guys that are retired that are locks to make it, okay? I got 10 of them. I then went with 10 active players that I think are locks to make it. And then I have a final five, which I just call my final five selections that are, it's sort of like a little mix of retired and maybe possibly still active players. And then the fourth category it's going to be those juicy snubs that we can uh, mm-hmm. all break down. Because there, there are, I mean, I sort of had, I'll say this before I go through my list. The first 19, 20 guys, I was like, okay, this isn't that hard. And then you just get into the final five spots, at least for this podcast, where it's like, wow, five spots for, you could convince me of 25, 25 guys. Yeah. And it's like, well, who do you like more? Or what's your case uh, to, to make? And, and we'll get to that. So let's go with the retired locks. I sort of put them in order of like, uh, you know, stamp of approval. But again, I got all 10 of these guys making it. So you don't got to go overboard about where I have your particular favorite player. My first lock, retired guy, Tim Duncan. Okay. Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, 15-time All-NBA and All-Star and (laughs) All-Defensive. Five-time champ and three-time finals MVP. I had a lot of fun, of course, going through basketball reference. Oh, yeah. And just looking at those accolades. And even you guys, like Trey, like going, phew, like 15, 15, 15. That's crazy, huh? That's crazy. I mean, maybe it's even crazier that he never won a defensive player of the year. Mm. Despite being on the all-defensive team 15 times. (laughs) crazy anyway yeah that is uh did you i gotta know though skeets when you were looking at this were you taking note of how many of these selections were first team all nba (laughs) i uh, absolutely did not trey because no one does that i'm convinced still uh i actually did it for sure it was like it's too much on basketball i gotta scroll on basketball yeah it's down at the bottom man i know like that's my that was my whole point though they don't even care enough to put it right there at the top okay number two Retired lock, uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Hall of Famer, one MVP, 15-time All-NBA as well, 18-time All-Star, 12-time All-Defensive Team, five-time champ, two-time finals MVP. Kobe, in, no-brainer. Third, another big guy, Kevin Garnett. Hall of Famer, MVP, nine-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Star, 12-time All-Defensive, won a Defensive Player of the Year, and of course he got his one championship there with the Celtics. Stick with the big guys. International big guy. Dirk Nowitzki is a no-brainer. MVP, 12-time All-NBA, 14-time All-Star. Got the championship, and he was finals MVP. He's in. Okay, those were like, you know, of course. These are as well, but maybe like the tiniest tier down, if you want to call it that. Dwayne Wade is in. 8-time All-NBA. 13-time All-Star. 3-time All-Defensive Team. 3-time Champ. And one finals MVP. TK, I'll keep going here, but you scoffed a little bit. Uh, he's in my top tier. Uh, okay, okay, players that's fine. Okay. Easily, that's it. Uh, well, I got, concerned, Wade, I, you, I got concerned you were like, huh, 
that you didn't no, even have no, him. No, 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 no. Like, oh, I, I've got Wade ahead of Garnett and and Dirk okay. personally. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think he is an easy, easy lock. I will, I will just say to that, you guys are sort of saying anyway, they are not putting them in no, any order. No, no, so, there's no order. Know, yeah. No, no, no. But it's, uh, generally, yeah. it'll be it'll be alphabetical is what I think they did. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, bad for Wade then. He's going to yeah, be yeah. one of the last guys right in. at the end, near, yeah. near the end. Uh, I had a Dominique though. Yeah, that's true. Got him. That's true. Uh, okay, number six. Uh, we actually got a run of guards here. I got Steve Nash as a retired lock, Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, seven-time All-NBA, eight-time All-Star. Greatest Canadian player ever. I think that counts for something in this. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's not the Canadian National Hall of Fame. It's <laughs> <laughs> so Nash is in. Okay, no complaints there. Allen Iverson, he's also in. He's a retired lock. Hall of Famer. He got one MVP, seven-time All-NBA, 11-time All-Star. Career average. Just guess. What was, what was Allen Iverson's career average points per game? 24 and a half? I'll go 21 and a half. I was with you guys. I thought it was around, I'll be honest, what Lee said. Basically 27 points per game. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah, but, I would have just guessed that the end of his career yeah. would have dragged it down a right? little bit. But I guess the first two-thirds of it were so impressive that yeah. the number stays high. So that's, imp- that's good. AI is in. Number eight on my retired locks list. Gary Payton. Um, who I remember there was the tiniest bit of noise for him way back in 96, 97. But that was like, you know, not that he went up to play another. Well, I guess he did play another 10 what, years. Nearly decade. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, helped pad some stats and, and had some success. Won a championship too, you know, sort of uh, you know, with the Miami Heat. Not that he was like a key contributor. But I have Gary Payton in this, in this bunch. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's the 999 guy. I love this. He's the guy that can go to a baseball game, eat nine nine hot dogs, drink nine beers in nine innings because he's a nine-time All-NBA guy, nine-time All-Star, nine-time All-Defensive player, won a Defensive Player of the Year, All-Defensive Team, I should say, with those uh, nine selections, won DPOI, and uh, I said there, he's a champion. So I got him in, Lee. No no qualms with that, right? No. uh, When I did a uh, back uh, a couple of months ago, I, I put him sort of up against Tracy McGrady because, mm. you know, I, I think someone like a McGrady was maybe more explosive in terms of scoring the ball, but Gary Payton on both ends of the ball, uh, particularly that DPOY award when no non-bigs were winning it back yeah. then really stands out. But yeah, Gary Payton, uh, very consistent player as well. Basically from his second season until he retired, you just knew what you were getting out of him. So uh, yeah, I, I think he's, uh, I, I think he is a lock and I think he did one, the, the, the vote off against Tracy McGrady. He too, did. That, uh, yeah. That, that we put out there. But it was close, but you know, because again, a lot of this stuff comes down to, do you look, you know, statistically and give more weight to accolades or do you say, well, for three or four years, Maybe McGrady had a higher ceiling, a higher mm-hmm. peak than Gary Payton, but it was less sustained. I mean, and, right. and again, that comes down to, man, I love Tracy McGrady more than I love Gary Payton. You know, Tracy McGrady could 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 score better than Gary Payton, but Gary Payton was a better defensive player. So those sort of factors come into it. But uh, ultimately, I think Gary Payton is in, and uh, I'll, I'll be shocked if he doesn't make it uh, to this new list. Mm-hmm. Gary Payton was a bubble boy for me. Uh, this is my first difference with the Esquites. Okay. Um, you know, for me, he was a possible last fiver in, but I've got Gary Payton and Tracy McGrady coming up a little short on my personal 25. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, I will say I just like have a lump in my throat because I realized while you were talking there, Lily, about Gary Payton and bringing up McGrady, and I was thinking of other scores <laughs> that I'm like, uh oh. Where did I put Mello? 
Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. Mello? I'm searching for Mello, and I'm like, hold on, did I forget? He's still an active player. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. go into my active list. Hold on, don't do I have him in my final five? Anyway, let's uh, we'll, we'll tackle Mello when we get to Mello. I'll just continue to what I have. Yeah. But, uh, I'm already sweating here because there's nothing more I hate than like <laughs> just forgetting somebody. Uh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I got two more um, retired locks. And Melo's not retired, so he's still playing. Um, Paul Pierce. I I hate Paul Pierce. I'll just say it. I'm not a fan of his. Never have been. Never will be. But he's on my list. He's in. He's going to make the NBA 75. Hall of Famer, four-time All-NBA, 10-time All-Star, won a champion, we all know, and was finals MVP uh, with the Celtics. I, I don't, I, I can't even yeah. make the case that he's not uh, a lock, as I'm calling him, to get in here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's the only one who gets booed when he goes up there. Because <laughs> it, it is pretty universal that, uh, you know, not a lot of people like him. Um, Outside of Celtics fans. Well, guess, yeah. yeah. Even the Celtics fans, because he bounced around a little bit towards the end. And he was a, he's an L.A. guy. He's from California. So I remember talking to a very, very uh, uh, big Celtics fan who said, even in Boston, like, they sort of, there was that mutual respect for each other, but he was not adored. He wasn't absolutely loved by Celtics fans, mm. um, but he, he does get in there. And I think he does actually hold the Celtics scoring record. I think he, over, he overtook Larry Bird, if I remember correctly. So he's, wow. you know, to lead the Celtics in scoring all time, that that's a pretty Incredible. big achievement. And yeah, he got the all-star selection. He was clutch. You've got to give him credit as yep. well. He was clutch in the playoffs. Uh, but the finals and the finals MVP pretty much cements his spot. Yeah, I'm like you, Skeets. I was like, not Paul Pierce, man. Not Paul Pierce. But then I saw that 10 times all-star, and like, that's basically a lock. 27 of the first 50 that went in were 10-time all-stars. Every 10-time all-star is in in NBA history. Every 10-time all-star was either on the list or is going to be on this list for the 75 greatest. Another guy who is going to come up who I... I don't know. I think he's going to be a debate. Chris Bosh has a 10 all-star yeah, appearances yeah. as well. But Chris Bosh and Paul Pierce were two that stuck out to me like, whoa. Yeah. If you're a 10-time all-star, all-star, if you're one of the biggest names in the sport and one of the best players in the sport for an entire decade, and you got titles and accolades, it's hard to keep you out. So, yeah, Paul Pierce, lock him in. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I'll say it now. Spoiler, <laughs> I don't have Bosch in this 25. I, I think yeah. he might he might be one of the biggest snubs in the game uh, yeah, this time around. Um, the weird thing with Bosch, I think we've brought it up before. Well, weird thing. You know, we're talking all-star selections. He's got 10. TK said it. He's only got one all-NBA selection in his right. career, which is so weird that he doesn't have, like, two or three. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's just that part's just odd, but oh, look, obviously I, I, has titles. I don't think it's offensive, though, to say that Chris Bosh isn't one of the top 75 of all time. We know he was a very, very good player, an excellent player, and he played his role fantastically well in Miami, but 
I just don't think anything sort of uh, prior to that, certainly with the, the Raptors, would have put him, elevated him into that league. I just don't mm-hmm. think he was quite that good. If you were maybe 100 to 125, I think Chris Bosch is somewhere in that mix. But I think people who follow the game like us, you respect what Chris Bosch did, but don't quite think he's top 75 material mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, then my final retired lock here, of course, is where it's like, uh, eh, yeah, maybe. I went with Jason Kidd, um, Hall of Famer, six-time All-NBA. He's got that uh, mark that you wanted, TK. He's a 10-time All-Star. He's a nine-time All-Defensive Team player, too. And he got the championship um, with Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavericks when he uh, when he went back to uh, Dallas. TK, you know, did you have him in the mix? Is a no-brainer to you? What do you think? Lock for me. 10-time yeah. All-Star had an argument as the best point guard in the game for a decade and kind of a transformational player too, playing fast. I mean, probably the knock on Jason Kidd is that he bounced around to a lot of teams, you know, but he had success at every single one of those teams and every single one of those teams became Jason Kidd's team. And he took a lot of those franchises to heights they had never been to before. Like the Nets had never gone to the finals until Jason Kidd shows up and they go back to back years. Obviously they didn't do anything because they were going up against the Lakers. But yeah, Kidd was a lock for me. Yeah, it's very, I mean, he really is comparable to like a Chris Paul in that sense, Mm. Lee, where just the impact that TK said that he has on franchises and to take him to at least higher heights. And he got the title, you know, he wasn't the main guy because of that, of course, that was Dirk, but he, of course, contributed. Um, So you have him in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the rebounding uh, point guard, of course, he wasn't a great shooter of the ball, but he did contribute in so many other ways and was so impactful for those Nets teams that Trey mentions got to the finals there, the defense as well. And everywhere he went, he did automatically, if Jason Kidd was on the team, it was like, yeah, the team's better now with having him on there. So, you know, a little bit of controversy obviously uh, followed his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wonder how much of that will play into it. Not just off the court, but on the court as well. Um, But, you know, ultimately he has the accolades that should get him in there. And again, that championship is almost like the deciding vote. It's like, yeah, he did get that as well. He just got that. Sure helps. It does. It it does. And, um, And especially when it's not like he was like just at the end of the bench or anything. I mean, no. he was the starting point guard on that team. So, uh, yeah, he, he's going to get in. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't make it. Okay, let's get to the active locks. This is where it's really fun. I made it 10 just because, you know, maybe a little more debate. No debate with the first couple. LeBron James is obviously on this list. He's a four-time MVP, 17-time All-NBA, 17-time All-Star. He's still playing. He'll probably get a couple more of those. Uh, six-time All-Defensive Team. Never won a DPOI or pissed him off. uh, (laughs) Four-time champ, though, and he's got four finals MVP. Okay, LeBron in. Right behind him, right there with him, Kevin Durant, uh, one MVP, nine-time All-NBA, 11-time All-Star. He's got the two titles, both-time finals MVP uh, with the Warriors. And what's crazy with these guys is they're not done. I mean, not done in the sense of, like, All-NBA selections, All-Star selections, and then championships and possible finals MVP with uh, some of these guys. Number the three. The crazy thing I think about Durant is that he's been so good for so long that you forget he won the scoring title four years yeah. in a row. Yeah. And, like, he was the youngest scoring title guy ever for his first one, right? And he stacked mm-hmm. him up, and then he kept getting better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that at that point, at this point, that feels so long ago now, remembering him being the best scorer in the league on the Thunder, and obviously he's gone to teams that are a lot better now, and he's more of a, a team player, and he at least plays in the team concept rather than knowing he has to score 40 every single night. But, man, 
when it was KD just scoring all the time, you're like, this guy's going to be one of the 75 greatest. That's yeah. <laughs> and look, he is. <laughs> yeah. He's got the titles. <laughs> Lee, anything to add? Well, only that he almost pulled off the MVP as well this season if it wasn't for coronavirus. And uh, he did pick up, uh, what, that hamstring injury as well. So he missed some time. But when he was playing, when he was on the court for the Nets, particularly early, I mean, he was top three in the MVP uh, candidacy there for a while. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing. Coming off the Achilles injury, Kevin Durant had just an incredible season uh, the last season there with the Nets. So now that he's, had, he's played the Olympics uh, for the USA, he's probably going to have a full training camp. So next season, Kevin Durant, I mean, he probably is in the at worst top five for uh, MVP voting right. before the season starts. Yeah, probably. Number three on the active locks list here, Steph Curry. Two-time MVP, seven-time All-NBA, seven-time All-Star, three-time champion. Uh, doesn't have that Finals MVP, as everybody always points out, but uh, probably should have had the one. Uh, greatest shooter ever, though, is going to be on the NBA's list of 75 greatest players ever. You know, when you're the greatest shooter in a sport where shooting's pretty damn important, yeah, you're going to be in. So he's a lock. Number four, Chris Paul. I already brought up his name. No-brainer. Ten-time All-NBA, 11-time All-Star, nine-time on the All-Defensive team. He's got a career PER of 24.9, despite being, you know, all of six feet here. And, yeah, look, he's one of the five or six greatest point guards of all time, I I would think, pretty easily, without having a title even. He got to the finals there with the Suns, but might come up short in that, but I don't think that's enough to hold a guy like that off uh, NBA 75 lately. Lucky man, Chris Paul yeah. is an absolute certainty. You're right. He, he, you, you can debate who is the sort of top five to seven point guards, but Chris Paul has got to be on anybody's list there. So he is an absolute lock. And uh, yeah, you, we talked just said before a championship sort of cementary, but in this case, Chris Paul has done enough. He's got so many accolades there that he's going to get in regardless mm-hmm. of uh, you know this was his first trip to the finals, of course, the mm-hmm. last season. Right, he's in. At number five, going a little more younger, Giannis. He is now for sure. I think he probably would have been without the title, but he you can just like put it in ink that he's on the list. Uh, two-time MVP, five-time All-NBA. He's a five-time All-Star, four-time All-Defensive team. He's got a Defensive Player of the Year. He won Most Improved too, And he's a champ and a Finals MVP uh, coming off of that. He's one of only three players in NBA history to win MVP and DPOI in the same season. Uh, that's Jordan and Akeem and now Giannis. Yeah, he's... I mean, I, I guess he's a little older than Shaq was when he made the top 50, but we've it's sort of comparable. Um, and, and even more accolades and a title that Shaq mm-hmm. didn't have when he was with the Magic when he was on top 50. So there's, there's no possible way he's not on this, right, TK? Yeah, I think he was, like you're saying, likely a lock before the Bucks won the championship yeah. in 21. Uh, but now having the championship, having a 50-point closeout game in the finals, like <laughs> stamp him in that night, right? They're like, okay, yeah. here's your letter. See you uh, in February at Cleveland. Yeah. You're getting a jacket, bud. All right, now it gets a little more interesting with these active players. Um, I have Kawhi Leonard as as a lock, an active lock to make this list. Five-time All-NBA, five-time All-Star, seven-time All-Defensive Team Honors. He won Defensive Player of the Year twice, and he's a two-time champ. One of them, uh, a Finals MVP. Excuse me, both Two, a Finals yeah. MVP when he was with the Spurs, doing a great job on LeBron, young Kawhi was, and then, of course, with the Toronto Raptors and what he did for that franchise. I mean, he's one of the best two-way players to ever play. Uh... I guess the one knock is that he just hasn't appeared in a 
ton of regular season games to help like tally those counting stats, you know, to climb some of the all-time leaderboards and to maybe even win regular season MVPs. You know, that's one thing he doesn't have. But it's still, to me, with what we've seen him, of course, do in playoff series and runs and has accolades, he, he's in lately. Yes, I think if you were to maybe remove the Raptors championship and finals MVP, hmm. there's a case against him perhaps because that Spurs team, while he was finals MVP, was a fantastic team laden hmm. with talent. But the two uh, defensive players of the year awards show that he does play both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, no, you know, his personality is... Is, is not highlight reel and flat. Well, I mean, in terms of his plays, they're highlight reel, but he's not a flashy, loud, outspoken person. Uh, not that that should Neither count, was but... Dolph Shays. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that, that shouldn't count, but I'm just sort of saying, like, like Kawhi seems to be just a guy who goes out there, works hard, bees the man, gets the job done. Um, but he's got the two championships. 60% of the time. Yeah, yeah play, I mean, that, 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 <laughs> that's, the, that, that's the one knock. Yeah, it is. It is, because definitely when he's just like, I'm just not playing, you know, mm. and then that... that should be, you know, a bit of a knock on him, but he's performed in the finals. He's done it. He's got the finals MVP. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, th- I, yeah, a lock. I mean, probably, I guess. You, you got to remember with the active players that I'm naming here too. They're not done. I mean, yeah. you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. You got to, you got to add some more stats and possibly more accolades, and 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 in his case, for sure, more championships or finals MVP, which isn't out of out of the question. Trey, what do you think though? I'm doing a quick count here on Wikipedia, and it looks to me that Kawhi is one of nine players in NBA history with multiple finals MVPs. The other, Kareem, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, LeBron, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Shaq, Hakeem, and Willis Reed. (laughs) They're all in. Kawhi, I'll see you there, buddy. Okay, okay. Lock in the Terminator. Number seven on the active list. Had to... uh... Really rack my brains. This guy's still active? Yeah, he's active. He's still playing. He won a title not too long ago. Got his first one. Dwight Howard. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Eight-time All-NBA. Eight-time All-Star. Five-time All-Defensive Team. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Back-to-back-to-back. First ever do that, I believe. And he won that champion there championship with the Lakers. He took the magic back in, uh, what was that, 09? Yep. To take to the on the Lakers and Kobe. Took them to the finals. Lost that one, but... Got one there with LeBron down in the bubble. So he's got that championship. He really was, though, the most dominant big man in the league for like half a decade at, at the at the very least, if not more. And he's top 15 all-time in rebounds and blocks. I mean, it's sort of what you want from a big guy, TK. Yeah, the only thing... The only thing... The problem with Dwight is that we all saw the second half of his career. And we all saw with the Magic when he for some reason started training with Hakeem Olajuwon and decided he wanted to shoot bank shots from 15 feet away. And like, those are the things that are hard to get out of your head. Yeah. And you take for granted the fact that he was a dominant big man, the most dominant paint player in the league outside of LeBron on both ends of the court for, like you're saying, probably seven or eight years, uh, really. And, you know, the title at the end of his career and remaking himself into a role player that everybody wanted him to be for such a long time, I think that cements his case. At number eight, active locks. Going Russell Westbrook. Mm. Got an MVP. He's a nine-time All-NBA, nine-time All-Star. Was a little shocked that he's never made an All-Defensive team. Now, I know Russ is not a great defender now, but you sort of think back as a younger uh, Russ that just being all over the place, that 
it appears like he's playing defense uh, and that maybe would have like snuck him into one of those teams, but he hasn't. He never made it. And again, now, no, he's not even close. He gets caught napping a whole lot of the time. Of course, hits the boards if you want to count that as a very important defensive thing. You got to end the possession. It, I believe that, but yeah. Otherwise, locking down guys, no. Anyway, Mr. Trump, triple-double, I've got him in there. He's the only player in league history to have multiple scoring titles and assist titles to his name. That's amazing. There are other guys that have both, but have only done one of them once. He's done them multiple times. Only two guards in NBA history, Jason Kidd and Oscar Robertson, have more rebounds than Westbrook. Lee, eh, always with Russ. Whether he's on this list ultimately or not, I think he will be. Uh, there will be people that are opinionated about it and say, uh, if he is there, he shouldn't be. But what do you think? Yeah, he's an interesting one, um, but the three years of triple-doubles uh, is pretty hard to keep a guy off, isn't it? I mean, if you're doing those stats, even if he was padding his stats, which he was for a bit of it, to just put up those numbers, but he's got the MVP as well, which really, I think, tipped him over the edge there. Mm-hmm. Being to the finals when he was obviously very young with the Thunder, hasn't had really any playoff success, certainly since Kevin Durant left. But for a guy who just goes out there and plays his ass off every single night that he plays and has the stats to back, is he actually now four years of a triple-double? I just remember with the Wizards this season, I think uh, I think he averaged one as well. So I think it's actually four times. And you mentioned uh, for guards, rebounds, third all-time. Uh, yeah. yeah. He gets in. He, he sort of he sort of forces his way in there. Mm-hmm. You know, he bulldozes his way through the door. Exactly. That's how Russell plays the game um, because he, you know, he doesn't... Uh, yeah, you would you would love to have seen him drag a team by himself to the finals. That would have been awesome for him, but a little bit like Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson only went to the finals one time, and outside of that, didn't have a lot of playoff success. But he sort of also forces his way in there because of all those other things that he did on the game mm-hmm. for so long. His impact on the game, and I think Westbrook's in a similar vein there. So yeah, I, I think yeah, he gets in. He gets in. Okay, Trey, you have him on your list. I had him as a lock. Uh, yeah. Four years averaging a triple-double. That gets you in right there, considering we thought LeBron was going to be the only guy outside, like, after Oscar Robertson who even had a chance. LeBron yeah. has never... I mean, maybe LeBron, obviously he could. He just never had the impetus to do it. But Westbrook said, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it every single year. Then you mentioned Skeets multiple times leading the league in assists. Like, I don't think you really think about that no. with Westbrook because you think about all three numbers together rather than just the assist number. But that's pretty impressive as well. Yeah, and... When this list ultimately comes out, some people will be like, oh, no way he should be on there. But I think they'll be thinking of it like all these guys in a close game, it's a tie game and there's 20 seconds to go. Like, I want him to take the shot. But that's not really how you should look at it. I mean, there's so much more you can do and contribute to obviously a team sport. And I don't want Russ to be probably the guy taking... (laughs) <laughs> you know, a, a, a deep three with uh, in a tie game with 20 seconds left. That I don't want to. I want to maybe setting up a guy to do that, but that but that's okay is my point um, because you can have such an impact on the game and and also you know players are going to be sort of voting on this like this blue ribbon panel. There is just no way legends watching Russell Westbrook and the way he plays, how hard he plays every night, are like ever going to leave him off this. Like it's sort of like Iverson, I think. Um, these guys sort of just play every single night yeah. hard, harder than most, uh, despite making you know millions and millions and millions of dollars. They they truly do love the game. They have some faults. <laughs> they're both of them not the greatest shooters in the world of all to, or all time, but uh, they're great players. Okay, so he's in. I got two left. James Harden, uh, former teammate, of course, of Westbrook. He's in. 
He's got the MVP. Has got a million, uh, what, second place finishes for MVP. Yeah. I forget what it is. He's got a couple. Uh, of three, I think. Three? Yeah. Seven-time All-NBA. He's a nine-time All-Star, so very close to that uh, 10 All-Star mark. <laughs> and he's a three-time scoring champ. I think he has one uh, uh, assist uh, record uh, for one season, at least. He ranks 33rd on the all-time scoring list, James Harden does. 42nd on the all-time assist list. He's got years left in him. I mean, he he's... I don't have those lists in front of me, but you know he's going to climb those. He could be like flirting like top twenty-five in both of those categories, mm-hmm. and he's gonna—he's probably going to hit three thousand three-pointers. I, I think it's in play. It, of course, depends how long he goes for. You'll be shocked if he doesn't finish top two or three all-time in three-pointers made. Like he's going to pass Ray Allen and and Reggie Miller, and I know those guys played in a different era. If they were playing today, Ray Allen would probably shoot fifteen three-pointers a game. But Harden. He's he like Westbrook is is polarizing to some people, but I think he has to be included in this, uh, Lily. Yeah, no, he's in for sure. In, in the same vein as Westbrook, there, it, it's like if you want to knock a guy and say, well, he hasn't had the playoff success, then sure, there's the argument for James Harden. Mm-hmm. Though he has also been to the finals, though he's been to the conference finals a couple of times, uh, certainly with the Rockets there. But in terms of what the guy does day in day out for 82 games over multiple seasons, it must be at least nine seasons now where he's been averaging you know, 25 plus a game, putting up the threes, getting the assists, just going out there and playing. You just got to respect a guy who does that. So uh, yes, he, he's one of those guys that a lot of people will say, don't like watching him playing, don't want like, like the foul hunting, but you can't knock a guy who goes out there and has averaged, you know, led the league in scoring. Did you say only once actually then? Three times. Uh, oh, three times. Scoring yeah, yeah. three so, times, yeah. once assists, yeah. So he, he, he's he's done it. He's done enough of that body of work that he deserves to get in, even though obviously a finals, you know, a championship and a finals MVP would, would, would clear the way completely for him. But I can't see why they would leave him off. Right. Uh, he, he's in. Okay. Well, here is uh, this 10th active lock is where I get into the dilemma of having forgotten Carmelo Anthony uh, <laughs> still being an active player. Um I'm going to put him here, and I'll bump the guy I had uh, at 10th uh, that is still playing uh, down, probably to one of my you know, final five selections there. So let's put Carmelo here. Um, now, I think he's a little interesting. He, does, he, does he fall into the vein of some of those guys that missed out on top 50, like the Alex Englishes and, and the Adrian Dantleys and Bernard Kings of the bunch, like, like these really prominent scores? I don't think Melo will. <laughs> I think he'll make this list, uh, the top 75, and he's got in the in the top 25 for me here uh, of new names. So let's put him in, and I'll pull up his basketball reference page because I didn't have it written down, but he is a six-time All-NBA player, and he's a 10-time All-Star, Trey. There it is. Uh, he's obviously got the scoring title there back in 2012-13 uh, with the Knicks, I guess that was. Melo, uh, Trey, no-brainer. Yep, he was my last luck. Skates a okay. 10-time All-Star, 10th all-time on the scoring list in the NBA. And to me, if you've got Dominique Wilkins going in, you got to have yeah. Carmelo Anthony. They are very similar cases to me. One of the most famous players in the league. Uh, Melo gets it done with jab steps. Dominique got it done with dunks. But devastating score. You're not necessarily getting a whole bunch back on the other end, but a player well-respected by his peers, been around forever, and similar to Dwight, the way he's remade his career, uh, starting with Portland as, you know, a catch-and-shoot role guy, maybe he'll be able to pick up a championship with the Lakers. I think Melo is definitely in. Okay. Lee? 
Yeah, Mallow needs about 2,500 points to become the ninth player with 30,000. And that alone, I think, gets him in there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, everyone else, of course, is in, that, uh, in the top 50 there or the top, you know, they'll be in the top 75. Mallow's got some work to do, but, you know, he, the, the way that he's sort of played these last season there with uh, Portland, just coming out, hitting threes, if he stays healthy, I think that's a goal that's in, within reach for him. So I think he's going to do it. So I think in this sense, not that he really needs that only to get in, but I think... Uh, you're not going to leave a guy off who could potentially have 30,000 points. So he gets in the same sort of thing again with Harden and Westbrook. Love to have seen a, a, a championship or just an appearance in the finals. In fact, he's never even been there. But uh, even without it, he's done enough, I think, through his body of work throughout his career. And we have to get a photo of LeBron and Melo and Wade mm. and maybe Bosch, uh, you know, wearing their cool leather jackets uh mm-hmm. they gotta uh, you know take a photo at least because Melo's played like lebron what 18 seasons he'll mm-hmm. be going into his 19th year we mm-hmm. haven't heard uh you know Melo hanging it up so yeah he's probably got a couple left in him so okay he's in uh i just had a brain fart there i think i i kept doing the thing thinking Melo was retired but he's still active and they got lost in a bunch but uh, i'm glad i caught it on the fly here okay so that's 20 we got five spots left that's it that's all we're doing here a lot of good players out there. There are yeah. so many. Now, now I'm, I'm happy you said that. There are a lot of great players. Just because we don't pick a particular player for this final five is by no means us saying he's not going to be on the NBA 75 list. Like, there's going to be, you know, we're only doing 25. There's going to be, I think, a bunch of snubs names that we actually say that will probably still get in. Um, but that's a podcast for another day. So, the one that... Uh, Lee brought up when he was doing his like automatic 12 that caught us by surprise. I got to be honest, because you only did 12, like I said. Dennis Rodman. I'm with you, Lee. I'm going to pick him as one of my like final selections here, just as, uh, as, as these 25 new names. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time All-NBA. He's only a two-time All-Star. Yeah. This, is, this is the weird thing about the worm. Eight-time All-Defensive teams, won two DPOYs, and he's a five-time champion. You know, he played a integral role on two of the greatest teams in NBA history too in, in the bad boy Pistons and then MJ's Bulls I mean he's is he the greatest rebounder the game has ever seen he's on the short list so Dorm is in I'm with you Lee I don't have him as high as you did like he like, right away <laughs> but I do in my 25 do so we know Lee agrees but what do you think Trey I should have him on the list but he didn't even make my short list if oh my I'm God. being quite oh my honest God. Uh, <sighs> I think it's hard to be the third guy. And he was the third guy on both of these teams that he won championships with. He was the perfect third guy for both of those teams. You could probably say he was maybe fourth or fifth, to be quite honest, on the Pistons. But uh, I don't know. Going back and looking through the first 50 greatest players, comparing that with the defensive player of the year winners and who made it and who didn't, there wasn't a huge correlation from defensive player of the year to making the 50 greatest players list because there were some you know, sort of random guys in NBA history who won it early on in the the awards infancy. So yeah, Rodman is a, it's a tough call to me. He's a kind of similar to Robert Parrish, right? Like Robert Parrish was the third guy on those great Celtics teams. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of great stuff playing a long time. Rodman's stats are incredible, but he doesn't have a ton of accolades, like you're saying, aside from the defense and the rebounding titles, which are things that people don't care about quite as much. And I don't know, man. Rodman, Rodman's a tough pitch to yeah. make, too, right? Yeah. Like, uh, to have him hanging out there on the court with everybody else, especially um, with the way his post-playing career has gone. 
Um, I don't know. I probably, I feel like I should have Rodman on my list, but I don't. Wow. Yeah, I mean, him making the Hall of Fame sure helps his chances of getting in here, Lee. Um, but we've heard from Trey. He, he's a little skeptical, or he doesn't have him at least on his, like, at least yeah. short list. Uh, what do you, you do, though, because you had him on an even shorter list. Yeah, and, and I think those three championships with the Bulls, he was just so important to that team winning. I mean, obviously, Michael and Scotty were fantastic, but what Dennis did defensively, rebounding, and just out there on the court, uh, he was as vital to that team as, as you know, maybe anyone else he just did such a different role and it wasn't the scoring it wasn't that sort of stuff but he was so important to what they did I think this is one where you look at the stats and the accolades and you go you know not huge there but man this guy was a good player and and you know guys we used to work with Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Thomas used to rave about just how good Dennis Rodman was a great athlete great player but not that person who lights up the box score Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that the fact that you know Michael and Scotty also understood the the role that he play I think that does help again when you are on the greatest team at the time the 70 uh, 72 and 10 Bulls and they go on to win the championship obviously Michael's going to get in Scotty's going to get in I think Dennis gets in I think he gets there so um it, it, it's going to be interesting to see though do, do they do they look and just go yeah good player on a good team but not as good as as some of those other guys but I also wonder if they do want to make sure they do include a couple of guys who were primarily defensive players yeah. because because I think then you've got a case and I don't want to step on your list here yeah. in case you've got Dikembe and, right. and Ben Wallace and those guys who are also in the Hall of Fame um, but I think I think those guys have got a very very strong case as well so uh, I, I think Dennis is more about uh, just how good a player he was don't necessarily look at the box scores for him no you're right I mean uh, Dikembe I don't have in the final five here Again, I still I still think there's a great chance he makes the NBA 75 list, but it's tough. Like, if Dennis Rodman makes it, is there another spot for Draymond Green? No. I don't think Draymond Green's going to make it. Pretty similar accolades uh, when you actually look at it. And still playing, still more to add, possibly. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Will they, uh, will they try and sprinkle in, like you said, Lee, some of those specialists, really, which what Rodman was and what he did defensively and rebounding, and like a Dikembe with blocking and rebounding, um, or will they lean towards like, no man, it's way more impressive to score, <laughs> uh, like Tracy McGrady, for example, over a long time, or like these guys. What about Ray Allen? I got Ray Allen as a selection here. Uh, Hall of Famer, two-time All-NBA, that's it, but 10-time All-Star, wow. That's sort of Bosch-like in, in the difference between All-NBA selections and All-Star selections. Two-time champion. He played 1,300 games. He's the NBA's all-time leader for now in three-pointers made. Mm-hmm. Curry uh, hot on his heels. I also think people forget, maybe like the younger generation, they do forget what type of player Ray Allen was in Milwaukee and Seattle. Like This guy was uh, an elite, an elite uh, attacker, not just a three-point mm-hmm. shooter. So I've got him in here, and I know uh, we can get into like if, you ha- like... if you're picking one, let me put it this way. Ray Allen or Reggie Miller? Where are you going, Trey? If, if you can only pick one, though, maybe we'll get both of them in here. Wh- who would you lead towards? I only picked one, and it was Ray Allen. He yeah. was a lock for me as the NBA's all-time leading three-point shooter until this next season is over, basically. Steph Curry yeah. should pass him, assuming he stays healthy. Um, and hitting one of the greatest shots in NBA history to win a championship. He won championships with multiple teams. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself here because Ray Allen was the third guy on both of those teams. <laughs> yeah, right. But like you're saying... He was the number one guy 
for Seattle and Milwaukee. Yeah. And he was able to pile up those stats to the point where other players around the league were like, this guy is incredible. Put him on a really good team and we'll see what he can do. He did that. He was a, he contributed defensively. You know, he wasn't just a sieve out there. He was fine. And if you're the best in league history at something, I'm willing to put you in, which makes me think I'm a fool for having Rodman <laughs> off my list. Put him on. Not looking good for my last guys here. Oh boy. They might get bumped here as yeah. we're doing this live in, uh, in the action. Uh, what do you think, Lee? Reggie or Ray? You can only pick one. Yeah, well, see, when I did my debate, I had Ray, oh, excuse me, I had Reggie versus Carmelo Anthony because mm-hmm. they both had a ton of points, didn't have the championship. So now you're going Reggie versus Ray Allen. And I think they are very similar, but Ray does have those two championships. And, and he wasn't like just a bit player. He was huge for the Celtics in 2008. And of course, not only just hitting that shot for the Miami Heat, he was still a very important player on that team. So he's got, he's kind of done that. He's kind of banked the numbers where he was there in uh, Seattle and Milwaukee in his early career. And then he topped it off nicely by getting a couple of championships. And, you know, one of those players who LeBron still wanted him to play after he retired, he was like, come and play again. And he's like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. But you know, he, he's done enough. He's got that record. He's probably, you know, in 10 years, Ray Allen will probably be 50th on the three pointers yeah. made list, you <laughs> yeah. know, because that's how quickly things change. But, uh, yeah, a tough, a tough one because it's like, you know, he was never a superstar as such. He was never like that, like, oh, my God, this guy's like, uh, you know, the, the, the top three or top five in the league. Very consistent, though. Yeah. You know, great, uh, great all-round player. But, um, yeah, I, th- I also think he does get in. I think he does. Okay. okay. Um, well, I'm also putting Reggie on my list. I, I just put them both. I, I, like, I was like, if I take one, I sort of have to take the other. <laughs> Yeah, Ray Allen's got twice as many all-star selections as Reggie, but Reggie was the greatest shooter of his era, um, and he was the NBA's king of three-pointers made. He did that in 97-98, and he held that record for more than a decade. I mean, if anything, Reggie's going to get screwed here. If they had named like a top 60 list, like Reggie's <laughs> like a no-brainer he's in there, but because of this big window... As potential that he's bumped, I think he ultimately gets in. But with our short list here of 25, I still got him in. I think he's helped out too by him just having iconic moments. Mm-hmm. That, of course, sticks with you. Uh, he saved the biggest games for the playoffs a lot of times in Madison Square Garden. He's helped out too, I would say, by playing like the Dirk or the Duncan or the Kobe with one franchise uh, mm-hmm. all 18 years in, in Indianapolis with the Pacers. So I got him in. So they're both in there. Um, 25,000 points too for Reggie oh, Miller. You know, that's that, that's a lot. Uh, and 15 trips to the playoffs. I remember looking at that when I was building mine. It's like Reggie was a big-time playoff performer. He has got those huge moments, and I think that sticks out. I think people are like, yeah, this guy didn't win the finals. He didn't win the championship. He made it against the Lakers in 2000 there, but this guy certainly did step up his game in the playoffs and, mm-hmm. uh, and perform really well. And I also agree. I think the 19 seasons with Indiana... I think it's like, yeah, that he, you know, he stuck true to that franchise, and uh, that probably just does help his case. It's like, yeah, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty well liked, I think, amongst the NBA uh, hierarchy there as well. Steph Curry said he was his favorite player as a kid, so does that help? Probably not. <laughs> but, <you> know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Uh, he also would have won a, a championship if some guy in Detroit didn't throw a beer at Ron Artest. We learned uh, at the Malice at the Palace. I'm only half joking. I mean, would no, have, yeah, would have been probably done. his best chance to uh, get it done there and. You get that title, and then I think you're like everybody's like, yeah, of course he's in, and without it, he's a little uh, more on the bubble here. And Trey, you said you didn't have him in our, our shortlist here. 
Uh, he was on my short list, but I didn't have him in. It kind of came down to Ray Allen versus Reggie yeah. Miller for me. I went Ray because of, uh, you know, the playoff accomplishments, the championships, and he eventually did pass Reggie. Those guys, they are the same generation to me, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, even though Ray came a little bit later, you know, almost 10 years later, really. Yeah. Um, but they just still feel like the same generation to me where, like, the leading attempt guy is going to take five threes in a game. And you're like, whoa, this guy's getting crazy from the three-point line. Obviously, things have changed since then, but they're both 90s, 2000 guys. But I can certainly see the argument for Reggie. If you just want to put him in as the best pacer ever, I think that's fair as well, too. He was there forever. He's the reason people know about the Pacers. Yeah. Still to this day, uh, Reggie Miller. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, so I only have two spots left out of my 25, and because I had to do some reshuffling there, getting mellow <laughs> in the mix, I have three names. Ooh. Okay, I have three names for two spots. Now, what's interesting is one of them is retired and in the Hall of Fame, which you probably are like, come on, that's going to help your case. Okay. And then two are active. Um Lee, can you guess the two active players I'm contemplating? And then, and in fact, if you guys want to try and guess even... Well, no, no, just guess the two active players because we'll two just start naming players. a bunch so of guys. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's more of an older-ish guy. Um, you know. uh, okay, well, both one is under 30 and one, Ooh. I believe, is 30. Yeah, yeah. So with uh, both of these guys, I am... I'm banking in, of course, them playing a lot yeah, yeah, more years yeah, yeah. and 
accumulating those stats and maybe getting a title uh, in one guy's case or maybe another in another's. Okay, so so okay, yeah. so Anthony small, Davis. One big. Give me an Anthony Davis. Right. Okay, Anthony Davis. He is one hundred percent on my list. Yeah. Okay. He's a four-time All NBA, eight-time All Star already, four-time All Defensive Team honor. He's got the championship, and he's only twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. I know, Lee. I actually oh. did that too. I was like, yeah. Wow. He's only twenty-eight. Jeez. He's got a whole decade. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, I mean, it's injured a lot, but yeah, that's the thing. That could be yep. the thing that uh, yep. prevents him from getting in there. He he has been injury prone throughout his career there. Uh, oh, by and- the way, I'm putting him in then because I did have him as my tenth active lock, and then I was like, oh, mellow. So, and cool, you know, yeah. I hear Trey say, yeah, no brainer. Okay, I feel better about that. He he is in. Uh, can you name the other active player? I was I, I was debating with this one Hall of Famer. Well, I'm wondering it's if a it's, guard. Uh, it's a guard. You're not very good at this, Lee. Trey saying it. Come on, man. Yeah, it's Damian These are the easiest ones. Didn't you do any research, Lee? Yeah, Damian Lillard. We know the answer to that. (laughs) It's all up here. Yeah, Yeah, Damian Lillard, I have in consideration for the final spot of our top 25 here, or new 25, I guess we're calling it, along with Tracy McGrady. Those are the two I'm like down to the wire with is it lee do you want to do you want to sell me on one more than the other or what's your gut say well if i if i look at tracy mcgrady i seem to recall his last uh good year was when he was 28 years old he actually fell off after coming out of high school he was great for like four years there uh mcgrady led the league in scoring twice you know was it was an absolute superstar but outside of those years he was actually not that good, you know. Okay, he, he, okay. You know. I mean, he did average twenty points per game over a fifteen-year career. Yeah, it's, it's I, not I know, nothing coming I know, straight but from. I think he averaged when he when he when he won the scoring title. He averaged like thirty-two oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. thirty-one. So he he yeah. certainly and and he was incredible at his best. But he sort of was he had that very sort of short peak and then sort of dropped off. Whereas mm-hmm. Lillard, I think, has been extremely consistent through his ten seasons there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lillard, of course, has only one conference finals appearance, but he does have huge moments. In the playoffs, ending two series. I think that helps them. Yeah, I think it does too because it's like they're those iconic moments. Um, I, I will guess uh, I, <sighs> McGrady would have finished probably in the top three in MVP voting at least once, I think, uh, probably around 2004, somewhere around there. Um, I, I'm going to go Lillard, though. I think for the sort okay. of collective, consistent body of work, he might just get in over, over McGrady, even though I think McGrady's ceiling, his peak seasons were probably probably better than Lillard's at this point. Uh, I'd have to sort of crunch the numbers a little bit, but I, I, I think Lillard's probably going to have a, uh, a longer body of consistent work. Okay, uh, that is that is a fair way to look at it. I'll just give you the accolades because I've done it with everybody else. McGrady, I said, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-NBA, seven-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, uh, those big, big numbers he was putting up, like Lee said. And then Lillard, still playing, uh, six-time All-NBA, six-time All-Star, rookie of the year, you can chuck that in, career average, 25 points per game. Oh, my God. Ooh. For his career. Now, a bit higher than I would have thought. He's 31, though. Mm. So, you know, he's not like Anthony Davis, 28. Not that he's old. He's got years left, and he's obviously going to try and get that title, and maybe he ultimately moves on to a super team. Who knows? But TK, if you had to pick, I know, and, and we'll get to snubs, so maybe you don't even have either of these guys in the running, but if you had to pick between T-Mac and, and Dame, who do you go? These are both ultimately snubs for me, uh, yeah. Tracy McGrady and Damian Lillard. And like you're saying, their cases are very similar. If I were choosing between the two of them, I think I would probably go with Lillard. Because yeah. to me, even though he's you know going to be 32 at the end of the ne- 
next season, he seems to be getting better as his career goes on. Like, he's just getting more confident in his game. His range has extended to half court at this point. He's seen every single coverage. Um, I don't really, I mean, he's got an outside chance of winning an MVP at some point still in his career, you know, if he has, if he averages 30 for a season or something, which I think is possible, but it doesn't seem likely. But Tracy McGrady's career is over. He has no chances at that. I think that by the time uh, Lillard's career is over with the way he has been building and building as he's gone further into his career, we don't know what's going to happen with where he ends up playing basketball. Uh, Maybe he ends up on a super team. Maybe he ends up picking a title uh, later in his career. I think that by the time Lillard's career is done, he will have surpassed Tracy McGrady. And I think he'll join McGrady in the Hall of Fame eventually. You guys have convinced me. I will make Damian Lillard my hmm. my final selection of of my of my twenty five here, which means McGrady is probably the ultimate snub. And it does. It's just tough. I love what you guys are saying, and I'm with you with like what this this where Dame could still go, especially winning championships. It's still in play. It's just tough not having a guy like McGrady who's in the Hall of Fame. And I will say to that, people were like, McGrady, Hall of Famer? You know, even that one was like, oh, is that just a light class that year that T-Mac is, uh, you know, sneaking in there? Sure, you can you can tell me that too. Obviously, incredible player, but he will be my my ultimate snub here as we as we move to a bunch of other guys. And we got to find out who Trey actually had. But I'll go through mine just real quick here so you guys know. It was Duncan, Kobe, KG, Dirk. Wade, Nash, Iverson, Gary Payton, Paul Pierce, Jason Kidd. The active players were LeBron, KD, Curry, Chris Paul, Giannis, Kawhi, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and then Mello, Carmelo Anthony. And then these final five, Dennis Rodman. I went with the two shooters, Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. Anthony Davis, TK really drove it home for me. Good. My gut was right. He's in despite still playing and only being 28. And then Damian Lillard over T-Mac. I'm, ha- I'm very happy with that list. But Trey, who was this one name as we start the snubs section of the podcast that you had in that I didn't? My biggest snub compared to you, this was a lock for me. Retired players, Vince Carter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on my list, of course. Yeah. Of snub list, but, yeah. Uh, the... Immensity of his career is just staggering. Like, when you look at his basketball reference page, you've never seen so many numbers. The guy just played forever and ever, and, uh, you know, at this point, we've almost forgotten the dunk contest. Like, you watch it back, it feels so grainy. You're like, SD? No, thank you. I can barely see. Uh, But it's still one of the hallmark events in NBA history. Uh, Nobody likes the way he left the Raptors, but even Raptors fans have embraced him at this point. And he was just such a big contributor to basketball. And he's basically played from, I mean, 1997. Wasn't Vince Carter drafted in 1997? 98. 98, yeah. Oh, 98. So there was one season in between the announcement of the 50 greatest and when Vince Carter's career started. (laughs) And then one season after it ended until the next one was announced. Like, I don't know. He was a major player. Yeah, for basically the entire 25 years of the NBA in between. So I had him as a lock. Um, but honestly, like, you could probably swap Paul Pierce into the lock category. There. Right. He was in my final five, but I did have Vince Carter on. Okay. So you didn't have Rodman ultimately on your thing as we talked uh, about. I, I upgraded him. I oh, had some, okay. I had some <laughs> honestly, like, when I'm looking at this, I had some dumb choices here. <laughs> I'm a little too forward thinking. Like, 
I do have Luka Doncic as my very Ooh, last well, player oh, included. Wow. Because wow. he's going to retire with an MVP. And you're going to want him in your top 75 with an MVP when he finally retires. Especially, like, he's going to have Vince Carter-like, LeBron-like stats at the end of his career. Unless he gets tired of playing basketball since he's been playing since he was 11 years old mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, when I was getting into, the, like, the final couple of active guys that I was thinking of slipping in here to this, you know, top 25 of the 75... Ultimately, we're going with AD and, and Lillard, but Luca was there. I'm with you. He was on the very short list. I mean, he's averaging 26, eight and eight, but he's only played like he's 22. Like that is really that's like two years younger than when Shaq was named. But you're probably it's a safe bet. And then I think Jokic too. Yeah, is especially with the MVP, and he's mm-hmm. a three time All Star, three time All NBA. Um, well, sorry, what were you going to say, Lily? Well, just that in in terms of the international, they get Giannis. They get to be able to put him in because he has <laughs> yes. the two MVPs and the championship. Yep. I think it's a little early for Doncic, as great as he has Ooh. been. I mean, he's got a very strong case, but it's like, uh, if we're slipping in Doncic, then someone like Melo probably does get bumped. And it's like, we've seen this whole career through Melo. Now, Doncic is probably going to have a better career than Melo, but right, Melo's right. got that already on the board. Doncic, we, we are sort of projecting that he will continue to grow. And Well, Doncic this- right now, let's be honest, is basically... Yeah, Grant Hill, young Grant Hill. Well, yeah, and I starting with a bang on, rookie, yeah. there, and you did have Grant Hill, and yeah. that one uh, caught us by surprise. Yeah, but um, but and that was the thing. I think that um, when you look at the uh, final numbers for Grant Hill, for example, he does miss out. But I think if you were to sort of go on the projection at the time, oh, you know, sure. and, and 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 again pre-injury, I think he's a absolute certainty for this yeah. list. So. Yeah, it, it's tough when you get to Doncic at three seasons because you're like, oh man, we 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 do we should put him in there, but I think he's going to miss out. I just don't think he gets oh, in. I can't wait to see what the actual voters do because, and yeah. I just want to again clarify for what's probably the tenth time we've done our top twenty-five, but all these names we're saying, I truthfully believe a lot of them will still sneak into the actual seventy-five list. Um, but Luca and Jokic, I don't know. I don't know if the the blue ribbon panel will. We'll be able to go, all right, we're just betting on this. Like, we got it right with Shaq way back yeah. when, and let's try it again. Like, Giannis even, oh, you're almost at the point where Giannis could not even play another single game, and you're still going to be like, ah, oh, he was, that guy was pretty unique, uh, you know, yeah. and, and won a title and was an MVP and defense player of the year. Like, you're fine. But you'd be, I don't know, you'd be a little uneasier. Like, oh, God, please stay healthy. That's all you're yeah. For Luka and Jokic, I think. Yeah. I think both of those guys. Yeah. The other, I said Draymond Green. I, I don't think he's going to make the official uh, list. I think he's going to be a classic great snub that people are going to debate. Oh, yeah. Especially if Rodman makes it. Um, Kyrie Irving is mm. like, I'm so, I can't wait to find out if he actually makes the NBA 75. I don't think he's going to, and I think that will be for a lot of fodder, for sure. Yeah, he's three-time All-NBA, seven-time All-Star, uh, rookie of the year as well. He's got the championship average, uh, like, 23 points per game, so that, in theory, could just go up. So I just don't think he'll make it. Okay, so Grant Hill was one of the snubs. Um, you know, Vince is a good one. Ugh. 
Vince surprisingly yeah. only made two All NBA teams too. Yeah. I find that like shocking. Uh, made a lot more All Star teams. Uh, played forever. He's the greatest dunker ever too. If we're talking about Rodman possibly being the greatest rebounder yeah. ever, I think I, I think Vince gets in just because I it is too. like you just played forever, man. You deserve to go. Oh <laughs> yeah, I mean if Robert Parrish sort of did this. Yeah, thing. and and yeah. the problem, you know, Vince. We all felt with Vince that he left a little bit on the table. You know, it was like man, you didn't really even get close to a championship. We felt that he could have done more. He could have performed better. But ultimately, he just kept on turning up. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, all right, you're in, you're in. Because you have to make sometimes a bit of a case for a guy. And for Vince, I think it is just like longevity. You know, more than endurance, longevity. You know, it's like, yeah, He just loved the game so much. He was playing for the Kings and the Hawks. He loved Grizzlies. It. He was a Grizzly, right? Yeah, he was a Grizzly Son. for like three years, I think. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix okay, so some other, some other big snubs. You know, big names that, again, I think are going to be there when the NBA 75 list is uh, announced. Some Hall of Famers. Dikembe Mutombo. Mm. You know, you brought him up earlier, Lee. Uh, a four-time Defensive Player of the Year. An incredible player. Three All-NBA, eight All-Stars, six All-Defensive teams. Pretty good. Alonzo Mourning is one we debated, Lee, I think, way back in the day. Uh, I forget who you pitted him against. Well, that remember? was the controversy. I had him actually against Steve Nash because... Steve and Nash, I'll, just, right. I'll, I'll just rehash my argument here for Alonzo Mourning. For his career, yep. he was uh, he's a Hall of Famer already. That yep. helps. Two-time All-NBA. Okay, not huge. Seven-time All-Star. Two-time Defensive Player of the Year. So he has that. Yep. And he finished second and third in MVP voting in consecutive years. And he was a 10-year guy where he averaged 20 and 10. Yep. And he got that championship yeah. at the end of his career. Yeah. His raw numbers, though, only 14,000 points and 7,000 rebounds. Surprising. I thought there was a little bit more than that. But I think if you look at those first 10 years of his career and then the injuries and the illness and the kidney transplant, things like that, you know, derailed him. But he did pick up that championship with the heat at the end. So I had him um, a lot higher than obviously uh, you guys do, but... I think he's got a strong case still. Yeah. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it. I, I think so. Especially, again, you're in the Hall of Fame. You're, you're getting a little, a little bump probably mm-hmm. from these people that are picking it. Along with other bigs that are now in the Hall of Fame. Let's throw them out there. Chris Webber. Chris Bosh, who we've talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think Yao Ming is going to get some consideration. Definitely. Despite playing under 500 games. That's the huge knock. Uh, but five-time All-NBA and eight-time All-Star. And, you know, we've we've heard Shaq talk glowingly about Yao Ming and how just dominant he actually was. Uh, so those are three big guys. And uh, one more big guy, too, Pau Gasol. We'll, we'll get and deserve some consideration. Trey, what do you think? Yeah, Pau was a guy that was pretty high on my list. I ended up dropping him from my final five for Jokic because Jokic has the MVP, and I just think he's going to continue to build on his career, obviously. He's still young here and yeah, getting an MVP is pretty good outside of Bob McAdoo all of the MVPs in league history made it to that original yeah. 50 list or they're going to make it except for one other guy mm. Derek Rose. Rose I don't really think he has a case to no. make it except for having an MVP and the fact that Bill Walton did make this top 50 list Bill Walton fewest points on the top 50 only 6,215 points the only guy with less than four all-star appearances, two-time all-star, uh, Bill Walton was. Obviously, he was an injured, uh, plague player, just like Derrick Rose was. The thing, though, with Walton was he played on UCLA and he played for the Celtics, which are like two of the yeah. five most famous basketball teams of all time when team people knew like about 10 basketball teams. So, like, how are you going to keep him off? He was obviously one of the best guys out there. I don't know. If Rose picks up a title... 
Like if Rose picks up a title, he could maybe have a little bit of a case there because it would be so similar to Bill Walton. Yeah. It's the exact same case, except for there have been a whole bunch of really great players. Ultimately, Rose, I didn't give that much consideration mm-hmm. to, but there are just so many great guys. Like I couldn't believe I even put Rudy Gobert on my list, but he's there because you kind of got to consider him along the same lines of Dwight Howard and, you know, Alonzo Mourning, if you want to consider him, Dikembe as well, the best defender of his generation. I don't have him making it, but if you're the best at something when you're playing, you at least got to get on a list here. And, And again, I think they will have a certain delegation to just those defensive guys have whether that's two or three or four but they they've almost got to say listen we can't just have only scorers on here we've we've mm-hmm. got to recognize that as well and and Rudy's a three-time DPOY man now so you know he's got some uh he's got a strong case and it is going to I think Ben Wallace, Dikembe, Dwight uh you know Dwight's probably a little bit ahead of those guys cuz he was nearly the MVP when Rose won it actually mm-hmm. and he was so dominant whereas someone like Dikembe as great as he was defensively you don't sort of automatically think of him as a particularly strong offensive player right. like Rudy Gobert you know so um yeah, that, that's going to be interesting to see what the split is as, as, as guys, you know, designated defense first guys right. versus offense guys. Yeah. because Like Ben Wallace, too. Exactly. Like, does he, he make it? He has, they, there has to be at least two or three of those guys on there. I just think there has to be. Yeah, and I, I, I think they, there will be. Uh, and I'll just throw two more names, two more Spurs that are mm. going to get some consideration. Maybe they make the NBA 75 list. Uh, Manu Ginobili, who... Definitely does not have like the accolades. He's only a two-time All-NBA player and All-Star. That's it. But he's a four-time champ, and you know he's got a case that maybe he was the he's one of the greatest six men of all time. Uh, so put take that into consideration. Playing on a on a you know a, a dynasty in the sense that they won a lot of championships, and then Tony Parker, four-time All-NBA, six-time All-Star, four-time champ, and he's got the one Finals MVP with San Antonio. I, they, I, 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 it feels right not having them in the top twenty-five locks. But again, Lee, I think they'll be in the mix here for the realist. Yes, and Manu should have had the finals MVP in 2005. That would have made his case even spicier mm. because I think he was the best player on that team. But yeah, those two guys, because of what the Spurs did collectively over, you know, when Parker came in in 99, Manu in 2001, 2002. So, but they got five championships for Duncan and four for those other guys. And they were just there all the time. Great players. They sacrificed their own numbers for the greater good in that sense. And that's mm-hmm. why the individual numbers for both of those guys would be would be far lower than some of the other guys on the list. But, you know, for me, I think Manu Ginobili is uh, easily one of the top, you know, 50 players we've ever seen. But that's my personal opinion because I just love watching him play and right. I thought he was great. But he played on a team where his role was significantly reduced compared to where he could have gone if he was decided to be like, I want to go to a team and be the star player on the team. Yeah. That's it's like uh, if Ginobili had turned into James Harden was like ah, exactly not my own yeah. team. Let's see what I can do with my own team. Mm. He probably would have put up pretty gaudy numbers. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, those are my snubs. Is there anyone else that you would like to mention <laughs> as a as a top twenty five lock snub for this list? I was trying my hardest to get Zion Williamson on this list, Skates. <laughs> when we do this again 25 years from now, he's going to be on the list. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, but, you know, one season of Shaq-like numbers I don't think quite surpasses some of these other guys. But I was I was working my best to try and get him on there. And you mentioned Pau Gasol. That was a guy I wanted to include yeah. as well. But there are just so many great number ones that it's hard to go to the next level for mm-hmm. sure. Lee, anyone else you want to throw in the 
in the mix. Well, you, you mentioned Chris Webber, and I think he does have a pretty strong, consistent case. Uh, obviously, he struggled to get into the Hall of Fame there, um, but uh, a 20 and 10 guy throughout his career. And those Sacramento Kings teams were so good. Of course, Robert Horry's hitting that shot, and if he doesn't hit that shot, I think Chris Webber has a championship, but he doesn't. So, you know, uh, he, he's got a very strong case, but I just wonder if people overlook it because it was like he didn't quite get to the to the finals in the end when he should have. Great, great player when he came out. You know, uh, I don't have all the accolades here, but I think he was like eight-time all-star. You know, brilliant player at both ends of the floor, passer as well. But he just seems like he's going to be on the outside looking in, I mm-hmm. think, because of those other guys, uh, the, the, the the numbers that you mentioned earlier in the accolades. I think that just keeps him out. Like, if he was going up against someone like Reggie Miller, for example, let's say there's one spot between those two guys, I think Reggie beats him. I think he gets in over him. So uh, I think Webber's going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, we've named like a good 15 <laughs> to 20 snubs no just doubt. for the top 25. And... Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, they're not all going to be on the uh, NBA 75. So a lot of these guys, I think, that we have listed over the last... I'll throw you two more, Skeet. Oh, we the only done. The only two names uh, that I have on any of my list that haven't been mentioned yet. Uh, so I got to I gotta sure. fire them off. Joel Embiid? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have, assuming he stays healthy, he's going to have some great counting stats. Wouldn't be surprising if he picks up an MVP or a defensive player of the year at some point. Just a dominant player, uh, as we have seen. Mm -hmm. And Paul George, who has put together a nice career, doesn't have a lot of playoff success yet, but had a great uh, postseason run with Kawhi Leonard going down uh, during the 2021 season and stacked up a lot of accolades uh, playing with Indiana before he started hopping around the league a little bit. I don't think either of those guys are really making the list, but yeah. maybe the next time they do it. The internet's going to have some fun if Paul George makes the oh NBA boy. Yeah, 75 yeah, yeah, yeah. list. Yeah. So yeah, hope it happens. Okay. We've named a lot of guys. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that was fun for you uh, watching or listening. It was fun for us for sure. Let us know, well, who we missed or maybe some of the selections that we have, again, as locks, like the top 25 locks, new locks for this ultimate list uh, that's coming up here soon from the NBA 75. Let us know. Tweet tweet at us at NoDunksInc. Email email in your thoughts, NoDunksAtTheAthletic.com, or you can leave them in the YouTube comments below. If you haven't already, subscribe to NoDunks on YouTube. It helps us out. And uh, if you're a fan on Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star rating and review. All right, I like this. You know, I like the car talk. I'm loving uh, the Fast and Furious franchise, but we're getting close to the start of the season. So uh, this was... This was nice to get the old basketball brain gears moving <laughs> once again, Lily. I know you do this every day, but uh, yeah. well, <laughs> some hey, of listen. us take a break. Hey, listen, just before we go, I'm just going to leave this one with you. Okay. Clay Thompson's got a case. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now you're talking, baby. Do you know why? He's going to be. He's going to be on the outside looking. At. Five NBA All Star appearances, and he's got a defensive uh, team as well. Yeah, he's a good, solid defender. But the three championships, the shooting. I mean. You know, Steph is going to be the one, but but and Clay's missed two seasons, so that sort of affects him for sure. But if Clay stays healthy, knowing that he just loves the game, he's got fifteen years left still to play in the game. Clay Thompson, <laughs> he'll be shooting threes until he's forty-five yeah. in the NBA. I can see You're it. Right. So right. Clay Thompson still has a chance to to hold that record. Uh, but also, he's just been a part of that Warriors dynasty, yeah. and and that certainly is going to help his case. Yeah, we'll see. As much as I love Clay Thompson, as much as everybody loves Clay Thompson, I think he's going to come up a little short. And I actually think uh, 
he may have really been hurt his chances at least by being injured for the last mm. little while. Like he's he's out of mind a little bit, um, which sucks. But you're right, Lee. He's he's gonna be. He'll probably finish number two all time of three pointers mm-hmm. made. Yeah. Like when he retires and when, until yeah. other guys passes him and stuff like that. Okay. Well, let us know who we missed uh, in the comments and tweet at us and email in. That was a lot of fun. We will talk to you guys soon, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, if you're making a list of the 75 greatest (laughs) NBA podcasts of all time, there's a clear number one. (laughs) I was waiting for the jokes for somebody to say some other podcast, which I thought was going to be very funny. Uh, Embrace the day, people. You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.